Hey, what's up, guys? This is Ryan. This is Kelsey. And this is our new podcast that we're doing called The Bible and Series, where we're going to be talking about the Bible and whatever topic we're going to be talking about. So We have a lot. Yeah, so you're going to hear the two of us just rant and, you know. We are coming to you live from our dining room table. Kitchen. So if you yeah. hear... If you hear um, kids, kids in movie, the background, kids and movies in the background, that's just our children because that's, you know, our little blessings. So, uh, yeah, so we, we mainly wanted to start this podcast just because with everything that's going on in our world and our culture, you know, we want to be um, a, a, a voice of truth, you know, and it's yeah. like, and, and we want to be able to proclaim God's word and, you know, be be a light in the world in a dark place as scripture yeah. commands that, that we do, you know, to let our light shine, you know, um, not to hide that light under a basket, but to let it shine. Um, and that's what we want to do. We, we want to be able to proclaim the truth of God's word because we believe that every single word of the Bible is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about the Bible and the inerrancy of scripture. Yes. Yeah. And, and so, um, and there's a lot of things that we could talk about when it comes to that. We could talk about, um, you know, the history behind. I believe that history has proven uh, through the test of time that the Bible is true. The events in the Bible happened. Um, yeah. You know that um, through eyewitness testimony, through uh, just the fact that there have been so many prophecies to happen throughout Scripture uh, that have actually come to happen that, and, and that are true. Um, and so there's a lot of things that we could do in, in that aspect, um, but but I really want to talk about what Scripture has to say because we could offer our opinions all day long. We could, but they they they're void without well, truth behind it. Well, exactly, without some type of foundation, right, or, or moral standard higher than our own. Uh, we yes. we have because we are fallen, sinful human beings who are you know, amen, able to to left to our own devices, we'll just do whatever we want to do. Yes. Um, and, and so we, we need uh, a standard higher than our own, and that's where God's Word comes into play. Um, and so just a couple of things before we actually dive into Scripture. You know, the Bible makes lots of claims, um, and a lot of these claims are based off of, you know, like history, like we said, mm-hmm. eyewitness testimony. Um, you know, we can connect some of these beliefs to, to visible evidence, uh, like it says in John 20. Um, creation. Creation, yeah. yeah um uh, and actually, you know what? Let's let's talk about that. Let, let's just talk about what what the Bible actually has to say. Um, uh, let's start with Romans one. Romans one. Uh, Romans one, because a lot of times um, people are really skeptical uh, about what Scripture actually has to say. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Scripture leads us uh, with an entire knowledge from the beginning of time, from the fall of mankind to the Garden of Eden. Uh, oh, absolutely. And, and why mankind is the way that it is today. And, and, and I say that because we believe that Scripture is self-affirming. Yes. You know, we yes. believe that the Bible proves itself. Um, so let's actually start, uh, yeah, at, at Romans let's, 1. Uh, chapter 18. Chapter eight, uh, verse 18. Verse, oh, sorry. Chapter, chapter 1, 1. Verse 18. Verse yeah. 18. Yes, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived 
ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men and birds and animals and creeping things. Yeah, and there's oh, there's so much richness in that pa- in that passage yeah. right there at the end. You know, it's like claiming to be wise. We claim to be so wise with all of these philosophies and, and with yeah. all of these things that we think, all these self help books and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and granted, which is another topic. <laughs> which is another topic, but there's always a tinge of truth, maybe to some of those things. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, if we don't have the the foundational standard of God's word, then we're just a slave to what we think is right. Yeah. You know, to what we think is right. And if God is is real and God has created this universe, then we live in his reality. You know what oh, I mean? Yes. So he is the governor of what is and is not right. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and it's true because uh, it, it, it's Romans 1, what you just read, verses 18 through, what was that other? I think it was... It's, it's essentially the watchmaker argument. And if you don't know oh, what the yeah. watchmaker argument is, it's, well, I mean, to make it short and simple, we can look at a watch and that watch did not evolve out of nothing. It, mm-hmm. it, it didn't just create itself. Someone made that watch. There was a designer behind there that watch. There was a designer, yes. Our TV, whether it's a Samsung TV or like somebody made that TV. Right. The clothes you're wearing, somebody made it. The couch over there in our living room, someone made it. This house, someone made this house. We can look at everything and know that someone had a hand in something. Right. Why is it so complicated to believe that there is a creator to this universe when this universe has such a higher form of intelligent design behind it than our watch? Absolutely. You know, um, because the, the atheist perspective is basically that nothing created everything. Mm-hmm. And the math just doesn't add up there. Like we, one plus one, or I'm sorry, zero plus zero doesn't equal one. It equals zero. Right. It makes more sense to believe that, you know, <laughs> one plus zero equals one. You know what I'm saying? Like, in other words, something created something. Yes. Uh, hopefully that was a good analogy. <laughs> um, but to I me, that, But to me, it's basic. It's yeah. basic. You know, and that's what that, and that's what Scripture is trying to say. It's trying to say that it is self-evident mm-hmm. that there is a Creator to everything. Now, obviously, this is where a bunch of different religions come into play. Mm-hmm. But Christianity sets itself apart from every other religion because every religion in the world is what can we do to be made right with God? And Christianity says that you can't do anything to be made right with God. Right. God must do that work. For you, the work is Christianity done for you. is the only religion where God has condescended Himself mm. and and made a way for man when there was no way. God did the work, and every other religion is man doing the work. Yes, and that's where Christianity number one is set apart. But even to go deeper than that, what, what I love about Scripture, again, it isn't just the self evident form of it, but the fact that the Bible it is perfectly practical. And reasonable, you know, um, the Bible. We've talked about how it's self-affirming. You know, history. If we if we examine history, based off of history, uh, we would do the same thing. You know, with the Scripture, right? And, and yeah. even Acts seventeen talks about how the Bereans searched Scripture to make sure that 
scripture affirms scripture, right? right? Um, the Bible is made up of 66 books. That's a lot of books. So it's like a book containing 66 books. Right. Some are letters written from the New Testament. Some are, you know, scrolls written by prophets of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. But these were all people who wrote down what God told them to write, right? Yeah. Which, which brings up a main argument that we hear often. How do we know that scripture is true when it was written by man? Well, every book that ever exists right. was written by men. Right. So that doesn't necessarily prove or disprove anything. Um, but what the evidence is overwhelming, because what I like is it is 66 books, mm-hmm. but they're written over the course of 100. Uh, I'm sorry. It's 66 books written over the course of 1,500 years, written by 40 different writers who all had different backgrounds Mm -hmm. from three different continents who spoke three different languages, and yet it still has this consistent storyline of God and the coming Savior. Yes. You know, it prophesies these events that uh, later happened. Even the book of Isaiah prophesying the coming of the Son of God, coming of Jesus Christ, which happened like, what, roughly 400 years later, I think? Um, and, and up down to like dates and times and seasons of things, mm. uh, which is crazy that it would predict these things to happen, and they did. Well, and that's why from beginning to end, Genesis to Revelation, the scripture is harmonious in uh, all of its meaning of the coming Lord, the coming Savior. And I mean, so it's logistically it consistent, you know, um, and like you were talking about in Romans 1 just then, it was talking about, you know, how the Bible reveals the fallenness of man, why things are the way that they are, yeah. you know, and, and the, the resolution for that through Christ. Um, but let, let's, let's get back to, to Scripture because mm-hmm. this is obviously the Bible and. So we want to tell you what, what Scripture has to say, not just what we say. Yes. Um, <clears throat> you know, number one, the Spirit testifies with our spirit. Mm-hmm. That these things are true. First uh, John chapter five, uh, verses six through twelve. Um, one of my favorite verses verses is Second uh, Timothy three sixteen. That all Scripture is breathed yes. out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness. That the man of God might be complete. Uh, and equipped for every good work. Mm-hmm. You know, people will argue that, you know, what Paul has to say in the New Testament is somehow not as important as what Jesus had to say, because after all, what Jesus had to say was written in red. Well, the whole Bible is written in red. Right. The Holy Spirit is the right. author of all of it. What Moses had to say, what Jesus had to say, what Paul had to say, granted, what Jesus had to say was inspired by the Holy Spirit through who? Through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You know, so we're still getting Holy Spirit-inspired scripture from these different writers, but the author is still the Holy Spirit, God Almighty. You know, so what Paul has to say is still on par with Jesus and, and all of scripture, all of scripture. Yes. Because even scripture says itself, Paul was an appointed apostle by the will of God through Christ himself. Yes. Paul was actually taught by Christ himself. Yes. That's where he got his revelation from. Right. You know, so... Um, but anyway, but... Otherwise, it would be a revelation. <laughs> oh, right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, and Scripture talks about how we shouldn't be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, by human mm. cunning uh, and craftiness uh, and deceitful schemes. That's actually, that's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. Um, but I love what, um, I love what C.S. Lewis actually says uh, about Jesus. Jesus himself actually came into this world making objective, exclusive truth claims 
So there's only three assumptions that you can make about Jesus. You can either say that Jesus is a liar. Mm. You can say that he's a lunatic. Mm. Or you can say that he's Lord. The three L's. He's either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. Because nobody can make the claims that Jesus made unless yeah. he was either a liar, a lunatic, or the Lord of all creation. And scripture plainly tells us the attributes of God and that he is not a liar. Oh, absolutely. Every word of scripture is true. Right. What, is, it the, is it the psalm? Or no, uh, let God be true and every man a liar. I'm sorry, that's not the psalm. That's actually the, the New Testament. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, and one of the greatest things about the inerrancy of scripture that we can rely on is the foundation of our faith, the mm. resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yes. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is one of the most documented and really, I, I would dare say, provable things. It, it's, it's recorded in our history, even in secular history. Mm. Our entire calendar is based off of it. You know? Yeah. You know, we live in Anno Domini, A.D., the year of our Lord. Right. Why? Because he's alive. Yes. You know, um, the fact that Jesus Christ was a real person that died on a cross was in the grave for three days and rose on the third day um, is actually, it is heavily debated, but to this day, no one has disproved the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. There were eyewitnesses to it. And also the fact that even Paul himself says in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, do you actually want to read that? Sure. You want me to start at verse yeah, 12? Yeah, go for it. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead... How can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if that is true, that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. So basically, yeah, Paul is actually saying that if the resurrection isn't true, we Christians then, are the most pitiable people in the world. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Let me keep going. Oh, um, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, verse 18. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are all people most to be pitied. Yeah. So, I mean, so yeah, yeah, Paul, again, he, he's saying like, if the resurrection isn't true, then our faith, Christianity is completely null and void. Right. And he even goes on to say, I think in the next part of that is like, basically, um, if that's true, then we might as well just eat and drink because tomorrow we die. Right. And everything is basically futile, you know, um, because apparently there's no point to all of this, which essentially at that point is the atheist argument, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so Paul's being very, very sure, staking a lot of claim in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you know, because if it's not true, then this is pointless. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I, again, one of the foundational marks of Christianity is the fact that we believe that every single word of the Bible, yes, it's absolutely true. We believe that God has preserved His Word to this day. Yeah, and and as as Peter, the Apostle Peter says, like you know, it, it provides everything that we need 
for life and godliness. Yes. And that's why we're able to stake our claim on what's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, the apostles wrote some pretty embarrassing details about themselves and decided to leave that in and not leave that out. Like, I mean, Peter denied Christ three times. That's not a detail I'd like Poor to Peter. be able to tell people at a party. <laughs> you know, I right. say at a party, but, you know, but like... Uh, we don't but, go to parties. But it's true. <laughs> but it's true. You know, that detail was left in because it was an important detail, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, gosh, I'm, I'm totally spacing. What, what about you right now? <laughs> no, I mean, I think we've said... Oh, hi, Clark. You're on a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, especially for believers, there's there's not a lot of gray area when it comes to scripture. It, You know, we have our convictions. We have what is God honoring. And, I mean, it's pretty much a play-by-play. A rule book, if you will. <laughs> I mean, but... Well, you know, it's like a lot of people often want to kind of cherry pick what they want to see in Scripture. It's like, well, I like this part, like all yeah. of the love. And, you know, because Jesus said to love your neighbor, so we ought to love people. But we completely sure. leave, you know, and it's like, and, and you shouldn't judge others, you know. But mm-hmm. like, but we also kind of leave out the rest of those verses mm-hmm. and leave out the context of the parts that we don't like. Because, again, we want to create a God that's made in our image and not allow Scripture to conform us into the image of Christ. Right. And, and what we're doing there is basically creating our own idol. Um, yeah. But, you know, what we've done when we do that is we actually become the judge of Scripture. Mm. And so we've actually deemed God as, you know, unworthy. Uh, uh, I, it's actually a quote from John MacArthur that I really, really like. Um and I don't want to read all of it because it's really, really long. Um, but basically, we've become the judge of Scripture when we kind of cherry pick our own things. Uh, and normally, we only do that when there's something in Scripture that we don't like. Right. right. We like to leave in the parts that we like, leave out the parts mm-hmm. we don't. Um, but um, we we lose stock or value when it says, thus says the Lord. You know, um, these explicit statements that we deny, um, when we deny those things, we're... Uh, basically denying the overall superintending power of God over his revelation. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, when we become the judge of Scripture, um, we've made ourselves the authority over the Bible. So we're going to be the one who have to trust. When we do that, we've made ourselves the arbiters of truth and not God. You know? Um, It's It's a dangerous place to be because at that point, everyone will do what's right in their own eyes. And Scripture Uh, says that. Scripture actually says that, you know, that every man, every way, what, what is it in the Proverbs or, um, it, every, is it man is foolish? And, well, basically it's like every, um, man's way is right in his own eyes oh, or something yeah, like yeah. that. Every way of man is right, right in his own eyes. Um, and that doesn't really play out when we look at the course of human history. You, and, and the point of this podcast for those who are still with us and listening is, um, to take, Things that people are talking about in our culture and back them up by scripture. Um, and so, especially if you're a believer, you know, it. you can use anything, any topic in our world right now, in our past, future, whatever, and you can align it or not align it. That's not really the right word to say. You can either defend it or, or um, debate it with scripture. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's our objective truth. 
So, and that's kind of what we wanted to. Well, it's not just our objective truth. It it's, is. Objective it is objective truth. truth. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Because if it's our objective truth, it's yeah. not objective, is it? Yeah. It's subjective. <laughs> so, yes. Um, thank you. But um, if you, you who are listening have any topics that you would like Ryan and I to discuss um, and pull some scriptures out, um, defending it or not um whatever platform we're on whether it's facebook or whatever um let us know yeah we have many topics that we'd love to talk about um but thank you for listening yeah and uh we'll see you next time